Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's all we'll ever need. But the bonus is, oh yeah, thousand year reign with me. Well, okay, what does that mean? You'll see. There's some hints throughout some you know, Old Testament scriptures, Isaiah and all this good stuff, Zechariah. I think it's supposed to. I think the intent is to trigger just a little bit of excitement within our hearts and our minds to be like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. I can't wait to get there. I can't. This is worth it. What I'm going through here, this is worth it. We are incapable of grasping what heaven is going to be like with the limitations of our flesh. We're incomplete, and we can only handle small glimpses of it. As Pastor James will point out in today's message, just simply being in the unfiltered presence of our Redeemer would be enough, but there's going to be so much more to it. When we step into that glorious place, every bit of sin and wickedness will have been stripped from our hearts, and we'll finally experience a fullness of joy that we just can't know in this life. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Don't try to play that game of like, well, I'll get ready when I think it's close. No, no, no. You stay ready. You stay ready. I mean, we're, we're going to go into these fall festivals. Could this be the time where the rapture happens? I don't know. I don't know. But I can't say no because I don't know. Going into September... I think I should just probably just be paying attention. Probably keep my eyes on the Lord. September can come and can go and there's no rapture. Am I disappointed? Well, a little bit, but not a lot because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. But every time September comes around, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm like, all right, Lord, okay. Now, nobody knows the day or the hour. I get that. But we also, I mean, he was pretty... All these first four happened exactly when they were fulfilled exactly on the day when they were supposed to be fulfilled. So you know, don't write any books about how the rapture is going to happen in September and all that guess. Don't do that. But just pay extra attention, right? Just, just pay attention. Be ready. Be ready. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I should just tell you to leave your finger there, but this, this is the last time in 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 52. Uh, I already read these. Um, here, no, I didn't. Um, that's, I was looking at the wrong, wrong one there. 51 through 52, it says, if I can get these tabs off of here. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will, be trans- we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to, uh, to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. You can continue on going through there. Uh, some of my favorite verses are towards the end of chapter 15 there. But there's going to be a trumpet blast. And we always associate. Now, where you're at on that whole, trip, or that whole uh, rapture thing, 
Um, again, that's an open-handed issue, but I believe it is pre-trib, okay? <laughs> because I think Jesus loves his bride, and I don't think he wants his bride going through. Uh, if it was me, and I was betrothed to Nellie, and I go to prepare a place for her and all that good stuff. And if I knew bad stuff was going to be going down, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rescue my bride so she doesn't go through any of that stuff. That's just, that's just my, view, my viewpoint on it, but whatever. Hey, guess what? There's going to be a trumpet blast, and we're going we're gonna to be gone. We're going to be gone, okay? That's true. We know that. That's closed-fisted. That's not like, well, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. No, that's going to happen. When? I don't know. It doesn't matter to me that much because it's going to happen. And this will be the fulfillment of this festival of trumpets. Go to the next one, Day of Atonement. The Lord said to Moses, be careful to celebrate the Day of Atonement on the 10th day of that same month. Nine days after the festival of trumpets, you must observe it as an official day for a holy, for a holy assembly, a day to deny yourselves or to fast and present special gifts to the Lord. Do not work during that entire day because it is the Day of Atonement. When offerings of purification are made for you, making you right with the Lord your God, all who do not deny themselves that day will be cut off from God's people. And I will destroy anyone among you who does not or who does any work on that day. You think he's serious about this one? I think he's serious about this. Um, You must not do any work at all. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live. This will be a Sabbath day of complete rest for you. And on that day, you must deny yourselves for the third time. Deny yourself. Again, your translation may say fast. Fast, okay? Fasting is denying yourself, right? It's a proper translation there. This day of rest will begin at sundown on the ninth day of the month and extend until Sunday on the 10th. So you have the holiest day, the holiest and a national day of forgiveness, atonement. This day of atonement fulfillment would be um, fulfilled by the second coming of Jesus, the return of him. So not the rapture, that's happened, the trumpet. But when he comes back as king, atonement, the key word here is repentance. Repentance. It's just owning it. And there will be a day when the nation of Israel truly recognizes Jesus. Oh, he's, he is the Messiah. He is the king, right? And we see that, that transpire all throughout the, the tribulation time. You got 144,000 Jews getting saved, evangelizing, all that good stuff. But they, there will be a day when not just the Jews, but when everybody who is left on this planet will see him coming back as a king on a white stallion like, oh, that's the guy. He's the one. He's the one. I don't know what this bozo was over here that we were make forced to worship and who was setting up, you know, idols in the temple and all that good stuff. But this is the one. This would be the day of the holiest. The, this is for Israel, the holiest day, the national, uh, national holiday, so to speak. But it's, it's that of forgiveness, atonement. Second come of Jesus, repentance. And you can turn to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, um, verses 29 through 30. This is uh, obviously from the Olivet Discourse, 29 through 30. This is just speaking of some end times kind of events of his return. Uh, Let's see, and immediately 
24, 29 through 30. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky and the powers in the heaven will be shaken. And then at last, the sign, of, uh, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. So this day of atonement is kind of represented by Jesus's return. And then the last one, festival of booths or shelter. 15 through 22, the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Begin celebrating the festival of shelters or the festival of booths um, on the 15th day of the appointed month. This is all within the uh, seventh month, which seven, number of completion, perfection, and this is like the most, this is the most rocking month in the Jewish calendar, okay? Um, These three happen, these three final uh, festivals happening in September, it's just like jam-packed with just good stuff. Begin celebrating the, the festival of shelters on the 15th day of the appointed month, five days after the day of atonement. This festival uh, to the Lord will last for seven days. On the first day of the festival, you must proclaim an official day for a holy assembly when you do no ordinary work. For seven days, you must present special gifts to the Lord. The eighth day is another holy day on which you present your special gifts to the Lord. This will be a solemn occasion and no ordinary work may be done on that day. So let's pause there for a second. Uh, the Festival of Tabernacles or, or booths or shelters, um, it's coming into the promised land is what it would signify. For the Christians, New Testament times, it's the thousand-year reign of Christ. Thousand-year reign of Christ, which would mean for us rest and joy. Rest. No more work. Work is done. Now, the work of salvation, we know on the cross, it is finished, right? But we have a work here that God has a mission that he has called us to on this planet. There will come a day when that's done. It's just done. And there's, there's, there's no more of, you know, no more trying to fulfill that mission, but also there's no more fighting and wrestling with sin and all that. It's done. Thousand-year messianic kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Christ, rest and joy. We rule and reign with him. I don't even fully understand what that even means. It's got to be cool, though. It's got to be. That's pretty amazing, right? Like, I don't even know what that means, but he's like, yeah, I got stuff for you to do in, the, in, when the, in my kingdom. I'm preparing you now for what I, what I have for you then. That should encourage all of us to be like, why should take this time seriously because this is like training for what's to come because I just thought we're just going to sit around and do nothing forever like isn't that what heaven is like we just don't do anything forever that's horrible that's the worst that's my nightmare that is my nightmare I can't sit still for any certain amount of time number one and to think that heaven is sitting on a fluffy cloud strumming a harp which I can't play anyways um, it's just like that's that sounds like hell to me. Like, that's bad. Like, nah, well, I want, and he's like, no, 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 new creation, new heaven, new earth, new creation. I don't, I don't know what we're going to be doing there. I have no, I know we're going to be worshiping Jesus. No, I know that's going to be happening. Is there going to be any exploring in this new heavens and new earth? 
because I can go to outer space. I don't need a spacesuit, right? Like if there's planets, because if it's just the original creation, but made like perfect and no Adam and Eve, not that they're not there, but they're not there to eat the apple and, you know, cause a rebellion and all that good stuff. But like creation, not remodeled or anything, but new. What does that mean? Like a new earth, new heaven, new earth. Are there going to be mountains on this new earth that we can scale and not have to worry about altitude sickness? Because that kind of stinks. I've had that before. I mean, is there, I know there's talks about like no water, but there's a sea thing. And I mean, are there creatures that live in that sea? Because when he made the original earth, he created all these animals and plants and stuff. And it was perfect. And it was good. And then we messed it up. I say, we, I'm, you know, we are with Adam and Eve and all that good stuff, but new heaven, new earth. I'm just, my brain gets going. I'm like, this sounds fun. This sounds kind of cool. Like a whole new garden experience. So what is that? Like animals? Possibly. Possibly. I can't tell you that there are animals there, but I read Genesis 1. I'm like, well, why wouldn't there be animals there? Why wouldn't there be? I don't know. I could be wrong on it. I know this. I will not be disappointed because it's heaven and Jesus is there. And that's what makes heaven heaven, okay? It's Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's all we'll ever need. But the bonus is, oh, yeah, thousand-year reign with me. Well, okay, what does that mean? You'll see. There's some hints throughout some you know, Old Testament scriptures, Isaiah and all this good stuff, Zechariah. I think it's supposed to. I think the intent is to trigger just a little bit of excitement within our hearts and our minds to be like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. I can't wait to get there. I can't. This is worth it. What I'm going through here, this is worth it. The end will be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Because I don't know what's coming. And I don't know what, you know, all that stuff necessarily means. But man, I, you, you remember what it's like when you got saved, I think, right? And you remember that freedom that you felt that like, I know for me, it was like this weight was lifted. And I, for the first time in my life, I felt alive. I felt alive. I felt free. And I, it was like, I, I wasn't like James remodeled. I was James brand new, new creation in Christ Jesus. And that excitement and all that good stuff. And when I read through stuff like this and I start thinking about what's to come, I just get excited again because, man, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, so this tabernacles, uh, festival of tabernacles, it, it's, it kind of, it's there to remind us of that, of what's to come. It just hasn't been fulfilled yet. And I don't know who these guys are who think that we are presently in the thousand-year reign of Christ. Um, I have questions for you. Now, I know, I know some of their theological standpoints and all that good stuff and their doctrine, but I, I just, I got questions. I got questions. Um, when Satan got locked up in a bottomless pit, right? Like, because it feels like he's still roaming around seeking whom he may devour. I'm just saying, that's what it feels like. Maybe I missed something, but I don't think we're in the thousand-year reign of Christ right now. I could be wrong, but I got a real strong feeling that I'm not, and uh, I think that I think it's coming. Um, and I'm just going to throw this out there for you to you can check out on your own. But Revelation chapter 20, 
Revelation chapter 20, beautiful chapter, amazing chapter. Uh, read that. That'll get you excited. That'll, be, that'll, that'll stoke the flame inside of you if you're thinking like, yeah, okay, let's go. Let's do this. Um, serve the Lord. You got it, man, because, because I know what's coming. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 16 through 21 speak of this uh, millennial uh, kingdom, this 1,000-year uh, reign of Christ as well. We read through these things, and you think like, well, so why aren't we celebrating these holidays, these festivals? Why aren't we doing that? We as believers, we don't have to, okay? Paul says, they're shadows. They're shadows. So can you celebrate the Festival of Booths? Sure. I'm not going to say that, that's, that you're wrong in doing that. I have friends who do that. They set up little booths, and they camp out for like a week. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I have never celebrated that, ever. And I feel no conviction by the Holy Spirit at all for not celebrating that. I'm not worried about that because I know what? The fulfillment of that is coming. Okay, so what about Passover? Should we do? I love Seder dinners. I love Seder dinners. Those are cool. Those are awesome, especially when they incorporate dancing in those. I'm a Bible college student and they brought dance into the school. I was like, I'm all about this, okay? Because this is reminding me of the parties I used to be go to. Um, it's a little bit different and weird. Um, but that, should we celebrate a Seder dinner? One of these days at the church, we'll, we'll have that over around Easter time, Passover time. I'm sorry, Easter. Um, we'll, we'll do that, but not because we have to, but because we want to. Because it's just a good reminder. It's a good reminder, okay? Verse 37, got to finish out this chapter. These are the Lord's appointed festivals. Celebrate them each year as official days for holy assembly by presenting special gifts to the Lord. Burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, liquid offerings, each on its proper day, okay? Proper day. Remember, God is the one who has invented worship, so to speak, and how we worship him. So he's a God of order, okay? So on its proper day, that's when you offer these things. These festivals must be observed in addition to the Lord's regular Sabbath days. And the offerings are in addition to your personal gifts, the offerings you give to fulfill your vows, and the voluntary offerings or free will offerings you present to the Lord. So this isn't like, oh, these festivals kind of, they get me out of like having to make, a, make that offering. He's like, oh, no, 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 That's, those are on top of that. Those are extra. Wait a minute, I got to take that much more time off and I got to give that much more? And God's like, yeah, do you trust me? Oh, it's an issue of trust. Exactly, it's an issue of trust. Do you trust me? When we trust him, we worship him. Take some extra days off for rest. Went in these festivals and give some extra gifts and all that good stuff. Yeah, but Lord, no, it's okay. Number one, is he worthy of it? Yeah. Do you trust him? Is he your provider? Yeah. Okay. Then don't worry about it. Just do it. So this again, for the nation of Israel here, he's just letting them know, you got to trust me, which is probably why they abandon these things so quickly, okay? <laughs> so the greed completely consumed them not too long after all this, and then they ignored the past. I mean, they ignored almost all of these festivals for a certain amount of time. Why? Because they were greedy, because the yeast consumed them. Verse 39 Remember that this uh, seven-day festival to the Lord, the festival of shelters, begins on the 15th day of the appointed month, 
After you have harvested all the produce of the land, the first day and the eighth day of the festival will be days of complete rest. On the first day, gather branches from magnificent trees. That's what the New Living Translation says there. Um, Or majestic trees. Uh, Palm fronds. bows from leafy trees and willows that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. Oh, party. Jesus party for seven days. I like that. I, I, yeah, that sounds amazing. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation. For seven days, you must live outside in little shelters. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters or tents or tabernacles, little booths. This will remind each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses gave the Israelites these instructions regarding the annual festivals of the Lord. So there are seven of those in total. And there you go, Leviticus chapter 23. And God's like, here's, here's, your, national, here's your national holidays. There's seven of them. These are going to happen in the springtime, and then these will happen in the fall time. And we are presently, just like that video was saying, are, we're in the middle. Springtime ones have already happened. They've been fulfilled. We're in the middle, waiting for the fall time festivals to be fulfilled in Jesus. In Jesus. And that first one, we, the, first one, the first one directly affects us because it's going to be a trumpet blast. It'll be a trumpet blast. And you're gone, gone. We're out of here. And then, oh, goodness. Um, it's just, it's with Jesus. You're with Jesus from then on. With Jesus and amazing. And together as a body and uh, it's just going to be incredible. So in the intermediate time, Keep looking up. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. The what? The author and the finisher, the completer of your faith. He started it, and he's going to finish what he started. He's going to complete it. It's amazing. So you keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him. And just know, fall time's coming. Fall, the festivals are coming. There's three more that haven't been fulfilled. There's three more. The Festival of Trumpets it's, it's coming. It's going to happen. I pray it happens in our lifetime. I pray it happens in our lifetime. But if it doesn't, we keep looking up. We keep our eyes on him. And we keep celebrating because my goodness, you, your soul has been saved from hell. That's all the reason to party you need, right? You were wretched, so was I, enemies of his, and he died for us so that we don't have to go to hell, so we can go to heaven. So I, look, I'm not saying just be a weirdo and like, hey, how's your day going? Well, it, it kind of stinks, but you know what? I'm partying with Jesus, right? Like, don't be a liar. Um, number one, like, if you have a rough day, you're having a rough day. I get it. But at the core of, our, of, our, of who we are, it's celebration. It's celebration. Because we know where we're going. We know where we're going. And let's, let's try to share the gospel with as many people and, and all that. Take as many with us as we possibly can in his sovereignty and control and all that good stuff. But man, I want to invite people to the party. 
Pastor James Grizzle has been making his way through the book of Leviticus here on Bread for the Broken. Leviticus can be a tough book to get through, with all of its rules and regulations, and sometimes it can be hard to see why we should learn any of that at all today. But every book in the Old Testament points to the person of Jesus. Several of the chapters in Leviticus deal with people who have sinned unintentionally, and then later come to realize their sin. God lays out for them the steps to take in order to receive forgiveness. Now, the people of Israel brought sacrifices to the priests to pay for those sins. But we have a great high priest in Jesus who offered himself as a sacrifice. Leviticus 6-7 says, And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he shall be forgiven. How amazing is it that we have this great high priest who has atoned for all of our sins? The mission of Bread for the Broken is to help people find hope and new life in Jesus. If you'd like to join us in that mission, we have an opportunity for you to donate and to help us spread the word. Head on over to breadforthebroken.com to join us in the mission today. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, you can explore all of the other messages and share them with your friends. And if you're in the Galveston, Texas area, we'd love to see you in a service at Calvary Galveston. We're here Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. But if you can't make it, we stream all of our services on Facebook. Well, we're out of time for today. We'll see you again next time here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.